Bismillah rahman rahim Welcome to The Mo Show, episode 12. We are still at the golf tournament and we will be here for another day and a half. It's an honor to uh, to introduce my 12th guest. Uh, she owns Saudi Arabia's first dance studio located in, uh, in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. It's called Move. We'll tag all the social media handles uh, at the end of this video. Her name is the very lovely Nelly Attar. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Muhammad. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure, honestly. Have you been on a podcast before, Miss Dancer? I'm actually not sure. But I've been on many talks. Okay. I'm not sure if I've been on a podcast. But something like this where it's mic, where, you know, video, podcast, headphones, that whole bit. No, just radio. Ra- oh, radio shows. Okay. Yeah. A little bit of background, uh, Nelly. What have you, did you, were you always into dance? Was it something you were doing at a younger age? How did you get into it? I started, I think I was about nine years old from what I remember. I love dance, definitely. I love dance in school. I actually got in trouble um, for dancing at school when it was not allowed here. Um, my dad loved dancing, Allah Um It was something in the family and uh, I just, it was something, it was a way for me to express myself, a way for me to be happy. Um, So throughout my childhood, I would dance. When I went to university, I moved to Lebanon. I joined the dance club. When I was doing my master's, I practiced dance. And subhanAllah, how life unfolded to get me back to dance and for me to eventually open the first dance studio. Came full circle. Yeah. Uh, You grew up in Saudi? I grew up, I was born and raised in Saudi, yes. And and you mentioned something about it being almost frowned upon or or, or, or unacceptable to dance back in school? Yes, absolutely. Um, Although we were kids, it was not acceptable. Mm -hmm. And even when I opened MOVE, even when we started MOVE, there is that risk of how are people going to perceive it? Is it going to be accepted? Because dance was not something common here. Yeah. Um, but that is why I essentially started to teach dance. I started to teach dance about seven years ago when I moved back to Saudi. I was a psychologist and I realized that dance really helps people because it's inclusive. Anyone can dance, kids, adults, people that don't do sports, people that do sports. It's a very nice and easy way to get people active. So when I moved back seven years ago and I was working in the hospital, I started to teach classes on the side just as a way for me to be active and also help people. And then I realized I'm actually creating more impact through dance and movement than I was through therapy sessions. And so that's how I started to shift uh, into dance and working in that domain and and taking it uh, and working in that domain professionally. It's amazing to see how far the country has come along. I mean, I remember the days. Uh, you know, when it was uh, it was frowned upon, you know, it was like, uh, no, you don't, don't 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 do that. It's not uh, it's not part of our identity. It's not part of who we are. Absolutely. And like, so on your commercial registration, does it does it uh, mention the art of dance? It's fitness. Fitness. Yeah. Okay. All yeah, right. yeah, it's fitness. It says fitness, but but there's an understanding that of it's course. a dancing facility. Of course. And the government is in support of what we do. We okay. work with the government now. And I'm so happy to see how things have unfolded. I remember when I started first teaching my dance classes, I would always be afraid, you know, dances, music was not acceptable mm. in a lot of places. Music as well, yeah. Exactly. And then I'm going around teaching dance classes everywhere. Is that accepted? Am I doing something wrong? Mm. Um, so little by little, I started to push that boundary. And when I opened the dance studio, the response was amazing. The response was incredible. And this is, yani, at that time, it was still like, it was still risky. It was still risky. We were the first place and space doing what we do. Did Best, people come running? Were they, were they come, were, were, did they run to you like, oh, finally, a place where we, can, uh, where we can go dance, you know, pretty much legally in Saudi Arabia. But people coming running through, people running through the doors? Actually, it was not even a dance studio. It was just a space that okay. I was teaching my classes from. Okay. And the idea kind of evolved over the months, seeing what helped people. And it was dance. 
but yeah, from from the first few classes, was it was fully booked. Yeah. And I remember crying to myself. I'm like, what have I started? I have a lot of responsibilities already. What am I doing? How am I going to carry this on? What is this going to be? But it was step by step that got me to think of the name, the concept, um, the classes that we have, and it just all on all unfolded. Came uh, together. Yeah, all, all came together. I love I love pioneers that you know people that do things for the first time. Um, you know whatever it is, and it's 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 amazing. It's refreshing to see that, and uh, I love the fact that you can practice what you love freely. Uh, you know on home ground. Uh, initially, you started off in in the field of psychotherapy. Was it psychology? Psychology, yeah. And um, and and did, did you study that in school? Uh, how much? How how long did you work in uh, in such a field? So I uh, studied. Mm. I did my bachelor's degree in psychology, and then my master's in psychology, and I worked in it for four years. Okay. So I worked as a cognitive therapist for patients that had brain injury. And then I worked in life coaching. So it was not therapy per se. It was more life coaching uh, for females actually joining the workforce. So this was as soon as women started to join the workforce in Saudi. And during that time, doing that with women actually helped me and helped me think of my dream and my goals and my purpose. And uh, I felt my purpose was sports and movement. This is where I can create a lot of impact for people. So you're half Lebanese, half Saudi. Yes. Lived in where most of your life? Mostly in Saudi. So I lived in Saudi up until I was 17, left, came back when I was 23. And I've been here since. At what point did you decide that you want to get into the climbing world? So I've, um, I've always had a love for nature. Um, sorry. My dad took me on my first hikes. Um, he took me on my first hikes when I was young, when I was six and seven years old. Um, and he instilled this love for nature and adventure in me. When I was 17, he took me on my first climb in Mount Kenya. And I remember, although we didn't make it to the summit, that journey with my dad for two, three days changed something in me. I loved just being out in nature with my dad, being completely disconnected. I was still young and I didn't know what we were doing, but it just really changed something in me. I remember coming back, although we didn't summit, the summit didn't matter. We came back in peace. We had such a good time. We celebrated. I danced a lot that week when I came back. And I've always had this interest in climbing. And in 2015, um, I decided to go do Kilimanjaro. Um, and it, obviously between those years, I would hike a lot, just do like single day treks, um, but I would hike a lot. In 2015, I decided to go do Kilimanjaro. I did Kilimanjaro, loved it, thought it was amazing. It reminded me of my dad a lot as well because it was in, in uh, Tanzania and all the music and everything. Um, and then from there, I started to climb more and more mountains. Never did I think I wanted to do Everest. Everest was not part of the plan. Mm. But the more climbs I did, the more, um, the harder they got, the more challenging they got, I kept aiming higher and higher and higher until I decided in April 2018 with a friend of mine, Sharif, we used to climb a lot together. We decided, you know what? Let's go do Everest next year. Let's just do it. You did it. Alhamdulillah, we did it. Hardest thing you've ever done? No, hardest thing is going through my dad's death. I, I want to take this opportunity uh, to extend my deepest condolences. Um, Nelly lost her father uh, 12 days ago um, to uh, to Corona and, and and honestly all I want to say is Azam Allah Ajrik. Thank you. Um, and, um, and and just you know I don't know I mean what what can you say? Inshallah min ahl jannah. And I pray that you get uh, strength in this very difficult time you and your family. And everyone, please stay safe. Please stay safe. My dad was actually very careful. We don't know how he got Corona. Um, and my dad was very healthy. He had a very good immunity. And my family, my entire family got Corona and everyone had symptoms. But we can't believe in a span of two weeks, my dad passed away. But the virus just leeches onto your body and attacks any weakness that you have. 
So please do not take Corona lightly for you, for your family, for your loved ones. You don't want to be one of the reasons why they got it. Yeah. It's, it's serious. It's real. And um, just on a side note, I want to say how, uh, what an inspiration it is and how courageous it is of you to, uh, to continue doing what you do, uh, to coming to the Gulf, to getting on this podcast. Um, I don't know many that would, honestly. So it says a lot about the kind of person you are. And it's uh, it's admirable, mashallah, the courage that you have to continue doing this in your in, in your father's name. So I salute you for that, mashallah. Of alayki. course, it's his energy. It's his energy that's with me. Of course. Yeah, he's looking down on you right now, and he's very proud. Inshallah, thank you. He got you into sports. Huh? He was your inspiration behind the outdoors, the nature, the sports, and ultimately, you know, doing what you do now on a daily basis, being dancing. Of course, he was a swing dancer. We used to record a lot of videos of us dancing. Uh, one of the last things we wanted to do before I left Lebanon, I was with him three weeks ago. He wanted to learn an Afrobeats dance with me. Okay. Um, and I think that's what kept him young. He was 72. He looked 50 because he loved movement. Yeah. And he has this, um, every Sunday he used to go walk 12 kilometers. It was a Sunday sports. So now it's a thing that I'm carrying on for him, encouraging people to move on Sundays. Yeah. But movement is so important. Movement is just, and not just one kind of sport. I would encourage people to try all kinds of sports because walking may not work for you, running may not work for you, but dancing may work for yeah, you, golf yeah, may work for you. Yeah. So explore, see, sports teaches you so much about life and it teaches you so many values and skills that you can apply on your daily, like to your day, in your daily life with your relationships and work and, and of course it keeps you healthy really and does. active. It really does. And it gives you uh, the, the, the best drug in the world, which is also for free, which is dopamine. Yes. How good do you feel after breaking that sweat? Absolutely. You can't buy that anywhere. You've got to put in the work and, uh, and good things come after that. Your mind works differently. Sorry, but if I go three, four days without going to the gym or breaking a sweat, my mind isn't working at an optimum rate. Absolutely. I'm like, what's wrong? What's up? Because, you know, I, I didn't do any activities in the last couple of days. Absolutely. And then you do that good workout and nobody can ruin your day, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I, I, a lot of people ask me, how do you make the time? But we don't have time. <clears throat> You, do, you make the time. How do you make the time? You make the time. Make if you want to do it, you'll do it. Absolutely. You'll you prioritize it. it. And if you have a very busy schedule, don't aim for seven days a week. Aim for three, four days a week. Yeah. Some movement is better than no movement. And where you have a chance to get active, get active. For example, clean your house, play with your kids. Find a way for you to be active. We're animals at the end of the day. We're meant to move. Um, and now, unfortunately, with the pandemic, it's making it harder for people to be active and move. So find something that works for you, something that makes you happy. When you take care of your body, it's going to take care of you. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely, absolutely. Um, I'm jealous of the golfers here because they can play their sport competitively up until the age of what, 60, 70? Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, they can they can, they can go well into uh, well into their 60s. Yesterday, uh, Saudi's first pro golfer was in the chair you're sitting in, and he's 34 years old. And I was like, if you're a football player, you're becoming to the to the end of your career right about now. Mm. But in golf, you're only halfway through it. Um, Actually, no. Have why. you ever uh, swung a club? Have you ever uh, been out on a golf course? Uh, no, I tried to swing for the advertisement we did okay. uh, for Golf Saudi. Okay. Oh my God, it took me forever. Jib to Eid. Oh my God, and I was just trying to swing it and and, and hit a cup. Yeah. And it took me forever to hit the cup. Okay. So I want to take advantage of being here to actually try and mm -hmm. practice. After this podcast, you should get out there when the sun sets, you know, and the weather is not too hot and just do a bit of practice. Inshallah. Uh, talk to me about your uh, your vegetarian uh, lifestyle and, um, and your love for animals. Vegetarian, when did that start? That started August 23. Uh, this year? 2019 or August 22, 2019. All right. Okay. So a year and about 14 months now, more or less. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. How's, how's that transition been? Uh, how has that transition been? So I've I've actually always felt guilty for 
eating animals, um, mainly because of the industry, the farming industry. It's the number one pollutant in the world. It's not sustainable. The amount of suffering that the animals endure living just in those in the farms and transportation and everything. It's just I don't want to support that industry. Deforestation. Deforestation. Now all these wildfires around the world, most of them are not wildfires. Most of them are to wipe out the lands, set a farm. So I'm not against eating animals. I feel like we are meant to eat animals, but in a sustainable manner. Once a week, once a month, not every single day, three times a day. It's actually not healthy for us. And all that we're eating now is hormones and chemicals and GMOs. All these animals are infested with antibiotics, which is why you see an influx in cancer yeah. and all these other diseases. Um, so last year in August 22, um, actually it was right after Everest that I stopped eating fish. I took it step by step. And then I stopped eating beef in July. And then I think it was August 22 that I stopped eating chicken. And it was right when the wildfires in Amazon happened, like okay. a day before. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I don't want to be one of the people that's contributing to this industry. And I want to make up for other people that are eating animals. Mm -hmm. So the transition was, to be honest, a little difficult because I do uh, a lot of sports. Yeah. I, I practice extreme sports, not just casual, casual recreational sports. So at the beginning, I found it really hard. I lost weight and then I gained a lot of weight and I was eating a lot of carbs. And I love eating. I, I don't deprive myself of anything. So I ended up eating a lot of carbs and potatoes and this and that. Um, so it took me a couple of months to find the right balance. Yeah. Uh, but then it got easy. I actually did not crave chicken. I did not crave meat or fish. It was just trying to get the right nutrients for my body with the training that I was doing. But it was fine. I continued my training. I continued my life. My sleep was good. My skin cleared up. Um, yani in, in general, it was fine for me. And I did blood work and it showed that everything was okay. Uh, so I try, yani hopefully, I, I would love to encourage people to try and cut back on animal produce in any way that they can. Um, it doesn't have to be that they're vegans or vegetarians. Find what works for you, but try to cut back on animal produce because it's also good for you. Yeah. And you want to be sustainable humans. You want to, it's, it's yani, just think of the, the eco footprint that you have. Use less plastic, eat less animals, um, reuse things, recycle. So that's pretty much it. Uh, best, um Make the world more sustainable. I want to highlight uh, something that not many people know about, and I'm just you know coming into understanding it all. So the reason why uh, you know someone like you wanted to go vegetarian, uh, it, it's actually it's 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 um, it's, a, it's an inspiring idea. So. Sorry, that sound is people whacking the golf ball yeah, on that simulator machine. Okay. Sorry about that. Uh, so obviously, the more people eat uh, meat and chicken, the more companies want need, need to farm, uh, you know, chickens and, and cows, etc. And in order to farm for chickens and cows, they need to make space in forests or in areas for them to house, you know, such animals. So they get rid of trees. And that's called deforestation. Getting rid of trees is a problem because that's our source for oxygen in our on, on our planet. Not just trees, the entire ecosystem. You're killing the insect, you're affecting the soil. Animals, the birds that everything. live in that. Yeah. And how can you get that back? You can't get that back. So all the wildfires that have wildfires that have happened in the Amazon, in Borneo, in California, in fires. Lebanon. Yeah. Um, where else? Australia. Yeah, Australia. Big one at the beginning it, of this year. Billions of animals have died. And we're not talking animals, we're talking insects, minerals, materials. You can't get that back. All for the sake of the industry. Yeah, all they the deforest for the sake of these companies to make money off the humans that are eating those animals. Exactly, exactly. And one cow can, what goes into feeding one cow yeah. can feed 20 people. We're talking about the water and the grains and wow. everything. So the, the whole industry is really not sustainable. And now everything that we're eating out in the wild is endangered. Sea bass, tuna, salmon. 
So people need to hear these things because you can't just live blindly. You need to know what choices you're making with yeah. food and what you're wearing as well. Don't support brands that um, kill animals for fur because that's not fair. The only an- the only beings that should be wearing fur is the animals. It belongs to them. Correct, correct. It's, it's important. For me, it took me years to be vegetarian. And I loved animals so much and I'd feel guilty. I'm like, how can I love them so much and still eat them? Mm. But I'd say, you know, no, we can eat them. It's, uh, it's, but again, things are different now. The industry is horrible. The industry is really bad. So find a way where you can cut back. If you don't like fish that much, don't have fish. Maybe have meat and chicken once a week or twice a week. But plant-based food is also really important. It's yeah. really, really healthy for us. Yeah. Cavemen wouldn't have meat every single day. Correct. You know, they would have one big hunt. Maybe that would, that would be one big hunt for the month. But then what they would eat is plant-based food. And plant-based food, you can get minerals, oxytoxin, vitamins. Get them organic. Make sure that they don't have chemicals in them. And that's that's really important. Plant-based food is, and you have a lot of variety. You do, especially yeah. in this day and age. Even locally, on a local level. Absolutely. Uh, a friend of mine opened a restaurant here in Jindal called, uh, called Sinless. Okay. Uh, and she offers a lot of plant, like the majority of her menu is plant-based. I think her mission is to one day go completely. She's like 90% plant-based. It's super yummy. Like Amazing. the stuff that uh, that I find my wife bringing to the house. I'm like, ooh, what is this? Is this a chicken? She's like, no, it's you know this thing that's done with the, the hum, you know, chickpea or something, but it tastes so good. Mm. So I think people are getting more creative in offering dishes that taste as good as the protein. Absolutely. Problem is with us guys, uh, there was this misconception that um, you know, in order to uh, see gains at the gym, muscle or whatever, you have to have your steak or your chicken. I saw this documentary recently and, and apparently all of that was a lie. Game changers? Game changers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you see these big time bodybuilders that have been on a plant-based diet for the longest time. And I was like, wait, everything that you know I've been told growing up uh, kind of is flawed. In order to get this body, you need to up your protein to whatever, 50 grams a day. And you think of protein as chicken, fish, or meat, but that's not the case. No, ma- look at your macro and micronutrients. And What's you, the difference? Uh, I, I mean, like look at the, the protein that you're taking in, the carbs that you're taking in, the fats, the sugars. Mm-hmm. So look at these things. If you really care about your, your body composition, you can find the, the, the amount of protein that you plan on intaking through plants. Yep. You can find that through plants and just research, see what works for your body. There's something called bioindividuality. What might work for you may not work for me. So I might be vegetarian and it works for me. It doesn't work for you. Okay. You may be vegan and that works for you. It doesn't work for someone else. Yeah. So try. The best thing is to try and see how you feel and how, see how you sleep, how you perform. But um, don't let your thoughts block you. Research, be open to mm-hmm. experimenting and just think, just think it's so nice to be um, responsible. We have to be responsible to be for our future, for our kids. Yeah. It's, it's harder to, to sustain the world with 7 billion people. You know, maybe it was easier with, easier with three or four. Absolutely. But with seven, there's more mouths to feed. And there's, it's, just more, it's just more difficult, you know. Absolutely. Uh, so my goodness, is it a responsibility for us to, uh, to be more mindful of, uh, of doing our, our part? Because if everyone thinks, oh, no, no. If, you know, what, what, what is it going to matter if I do something different? There's billions of people. If everyone's going to think that way, nothing will change. Nothing will change. So, um, so I suffered this thing. Uh, sorry for those who heard this story a million times but it's something that I have to put up with every day. I suffered from skipped heartbeats, ectopic beats. It okay. really bothers me. Like I, I got them like three or four times a day. I think it might be coffee-based, might be stress, you know, I don't know what it is. A month, a year and a half ago, my wife was like, look, nothing's working for you. You work out, you don't. You've been trying to find out what's triggering it and you're not getting to the bottom of it. Go vegan for a month. I was like, are you nuts? There's no way I can go vegan, you know, for a day. Like my lunch is, if it's not meat for lunch, chicken for dinner, it's chicken for dinner, meat for lunch. You know, I'm just constantly on it. 
because I was never into fish, but I'm now slowly incorporating it into my diet. I went vegan for 30 days, okay? After the first three days, my skipped heartbeats went from, I was actually quite flared up at the time. I went from 15, 20 a day to like five a day. And after the first week, I went to one a day. And after the first 10 days, I went to zero. Wow. Yeah. Inflammation, that means your inflammation, inflammation. has decreased. Yeah. So but- I knew what it was mm. and I was, and I enjoyed, you know, a month of, of it not happening. And then I slowly incorporated the chicken a little bit and, and I went another month of it not happening. And then as humans do, we're weak, you know, I, I love my meat, to be honest with you. And, and now I'm back to my normal lifestyle and I just put up with it three or four times a day. I get this skipped heartbeat that bothers oh, no. me. But I know that if I quit, I will. Uh, it's funny how, you know, I know the answer, yet I'm not practicing it. But how amazing, huh? No heart doctor, no mental, you know, stress therapist, whatever that I saw. No medicine, no magnesium, taurite, nothing that I've been told to do. Sleep more, sleep less, exercise, don't exercise, water intake. I tried everything in the book. I saw seven heart doctors and some of the best in the world. And little did I know it was what the hell I was putting into my body. Of course, you are what you eat. You are what you eat. You are what you eat. And again, by individuality, what may work for you may not work for someone else. So don't go by the book. Doctors, of course, are important to help guide you, give you a structure but it may not work for your specific body. So it's important to experiment and see. But generally with going vegan, the inflammation in your body decreases, if you're doing it the right way, of course, healthy vegan, not unhealthy vegan, because there's no dairy. And dairy usually causes inflammation. And as people age, you become more lactose intolerant. That bowl of cereal definitely gets it going. The dairy, you know, the fake milk. It's not even real milk that we're drinking these days, is it? And we're not supposed to drink milk. Think about it, babies. Babies, they stop drinking. Imagine us drinking milk from our mothers up until the age of 30 or 40. So we're not supposed to drink milk. We're not supposed to drink it. And it's not just milk, even uh, cheese and yogurt. I mean, yogurt has probiotics, but I feel like everything in moderation again. So you can still have your beef. But you don't have to have it every day. You can have it once a week and see if that helps. Yeah, I bet it will. But, you know, we get sucked into the lifestyle that we're big meat eaters in this part of the world. And I end up having it once every two days. It's too much. Four times a week is too much. It's too much. No, it is too Um, much. I think I need to be more mindful about that. Thanks for bringing it to my attention. I I, want to go back to a, uh, you know, a life where I wasn't getting those beats, uh, you know, every three hours. I'm blop, blop. I'm like, oh, God. And since you have the answer now, you know what to do. Exactly. And Mm. just, you know, stop being lazy. It's crazy what we're seeing in Saudi in 2020. Did you imagine the day would come uh, where a female golf tournament European tour would be on uh, on the land of Saudi Arabia? It's uh, no, it's it's amazing. Um, what was the first shocker? The driving or the cinemas uh, or just the women in the workforce like more than ever? Um, what got you? I think what got me was the Middle Beast, honestly. <laughs> I, I, it was too much for me to like <laughs> digest, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> Um, I love your authenticity and just rawness. No, really, because look, with sports, I took a lot of risks. I have to be honest. I used to cycle and run outdoors even when it was frowned upon. I used to I used to be told off a lot. Uh, Most of the people I used to practice and train with were men because I didn't have women training with me at the time. And so there was always this constant fear that I'm going to be stopped. I'm going to be yelled at. And so when things started to open up, it just felt better for me. I'm like, oh, thank God, less restrictions. What I'm doing is more accepting. And I wasn't doing anything wrong, but in society here it was not accepted it was just it was not common so i think people did not know how to respond or react best just to see how accepting people have been of the changes is one of the most yani it's uh, been very inspiring and 
and very um it's made me very happy actually at the time i was thinking of leaving saudi three years ago or four years ago because sports is an essential part of my life and i felt like these small things they come they come easy anywhere like i can open my door and run out now i could do that in saudi and i never thought in three years i'd be able to do that in saudi when the changes started to come i never thought that people would be this receptive that the sports landscape would unfold this quickly that they would involve women not just involve women there's so many opportunities for women now as athletes as trainers as business uh, as entrepreneurs and yani it's just it's fascinating and i'm so happy and i'm so proud of saudi for the changes that they've um, experienced over the last three three years such a short time such a short yeah. time you run outside i run outside yeah, yeah of course yeah. i just ran yesterday incredible like on on the mamsha area these little yes. walkways pathways and I, I never take it for granted i'm always so happy that i'm running outdoors running in saudi how about that yeah it feels so good and then the driving is amazing being able to drive myself to my training destination organizing things with women running outdoors with women cycling with women mm-hmm. these things i'll never take for granted and to see how many more women are doing them yeah. it's just amazing now, now you never have to go back to beirut you have yeah. everything everything you need over here so, no, absolutely <laughs> middle beast now when i asked you about <laughs> whatever you said <laughs> i mean middle beast was a different story it was just i saw videos i'm like there's no way i just thought it was amazing that they got all these djs from all over the world steve aoki you name it like some of the biggest names in the world jay balvin oh my god did did you go on a couple of days? It was a five-day, four-day event, right? I'm not sure if I went on a couple of days. I actually forgot. I think I went on two days or one day, but okay. it was just like a... Maybe it felt like two days. Yeah, maybe. maybe <laughs> It was just like purge, a purge, you know? Everyone came out for it. Everyone came out right. for it. People were dressed. I saw like, it was, you know, a lot of art, a lot of creativity, yeah. music. But I was just, yeah, it was overwhelming, to be honest, because something like that, of that scale, I would have never imagined in Saudi. I mean, sports, it took a couple of years for it to start to open up. And, you know, they're just pushing the boundaries, engaging people here. It's engaging people that were not accepting of it. They're making it part of the dialogue. But Middle Beast was just like, yeah. You know, it was uh, it was pop just up. yeah, just a big pop up. Yeah, but yeah, it was fun. It was it's interesting. You say that uh, you know it it looked like uh, that they that they've been doing it for a few years. What's amazing was uh, it, it was our first year, but it looked like it wasn't the first year. The organization looked fantastic. Did yeah. it was it organized? I think it was organized. Yeah, I mean inside it was organized. They have they had different stations, different sections. How many people? Ten five thousand. I heard it was about over ten. I heard it was about over ten thousand. Over ten thousand. Yeah, that sounds. I think it was more than that. I don't know why. Oh yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh? Like it was. There was like a a tally, like a meter. Like they were trying to go for a record. Or absolutely, uh, you're right. You're right. I think they hit the record, if I'm not mistaken. You're right. You 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 say things now while I Google this. (laughs) I think I think so. Yeah, Uh, I know. But but the music was good. Everyone was dancing. That was just. It was just. I couldn't believe. I couldn't believe that this is happening in 2019. In Saudi, because even something like that of that sort, I didn't experience in Dubai. Yeah. Even in Lebanon, when I used to go to raves, it wouldn't be of that sort or not that to scale. That, not to no. That degree. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel like a lot of big things are going to come for Saudi, inshallah, soon. Once we get over this Corona, yeah, I mean, engines are just getting started. You have this golf event here that's all females. I would imagine if I didn't, if I heard the rumor correctly, uh, tennis as well, female tennis uh, tournaments in the in the books for Dirayya. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, like uh, I love that they're not, uh, you know, drawing the line at just golf or just that. I mean, uh, let's compete on every level across Absolutely. all sport uh, platforms. And marathons are going to happen soon. And yeah. triathlons, yeah. a few triathlons already happened. Mm-hmm. And even dance events. We um, prior, to, right, actually right at the start of the pandemic, 
with MOVE, MOVE had partnered up with the government for an initiative called uh, the Sports National Day. And we went to so many schools across the country, Abha, Ha'il, Jeddah, and every single day we would dance with 3,500 children. Wow. I would have never imagined that this would be possible. Amazing. Yeah, so they're actually doing so much to get people active Breaking in every down way barriers. possible. Unbelievable. Yes, and normalizing it. Normalizing, normalizing it. it. That's the operative word, normalizing it. We're yeah. just going to normalcy. Yeah. Are you much of a reader? Do you have time to read from time to time? Or are you always dancing? No, honestly, I'd love to read, but I my attention span is horrible. So I start a book. This is my like a really ha- bad habit of mine. I start a book and I never finish. Mm. So um, yeah, I, but I have finished a few books, yeah. obviously. I have that problem too. <laughs> you know, the first page is great. I don't know anything about the second. So I go audio book. Uh, my concentration span yeah, lasts a bit longer. Yeah, absolutely. So what did you want to ask me about books? What's a good one you recently read? Or what's a good first page that you recently read? Uh, I like I like the E Myth. It's about entrepreneurs, small Ooh. business owners. Okay. So I'm midway through this book. It really helps me um, as an entrepreneur and planning and and how I'm running my business. It teaches. It t- taught me a lot about what I should do and what I shouldn't do. So I would recommend this book to a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, what other book? Of, and there's a lot of I don't know. I was asked this question a while back and I remember thinking, I can't recall any books. And then I recalled a few good books. Mm. Any Malcolm uh, Caldwell? Actually, I'll tell you the Tipping. one thing. Mm. The one thing is a really good book. It's called The One Thing? It's called I The One Thing. I thought you were thing. saying, I just want to tell you one thing. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which one? What? The One Thing? The, the, one, the thing. one Thing? The One Thing. And it taught, it, um, I don't, I don't remember. But The One Thing, um, it just, uh, it shows you how important it is to focus on one thing. Okay. How important it is to have a focus every day. Gary, Every single Gary day. Keller. Okay. So that book really helped me. I actually read that book on Everest. This one? Yeah, the one thing. Okay. I, I read that book when I was climbing Everest. While you were climbing? When I was climbing Everest. So and climbing I with the book? No, no. While Prior I, to I, I, while I was climbing and resting. Sorry, my humor. I've been in England for too long. No, no, it's okay. But it helped me because I needed to focus <clears> on the one thing, which was Everest. That That's the only thing that mattered at the time. My health, my safety, climbing. It's it, The book was really helpful. And sorry, I'm going to say another book that's super simple. A very easy book to read. It's called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. And it's all small stuff. Forgive me while I, uh, you know, save and Google all these things. Don't worry. I read this book Don't when I was... Don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. I was going through a mini depression when I was 24 or 23. I remember. And um, there's just quotes every single day. And it reminds you to take life lightly. You know, don't sweat the small stuff, the things that don't matter. Focus on what matters. Ask yourself, is it going to matter a year from now? Is this going to matter a week from now? If no, don't sweat the small like stuff. When someone cuts you off at a roundabout. Exactly. Just breathe. Be okay. I can incorporate that into my lifestyle. Uh, I'm sure you faced a bit of resistance when wanting to pursue what you wanted to pursue, which was open a dance studio. Did you get any advice from people saying, you know, you don't want to do that? Um, how did you overcome such, you know, um, let's say negativity or pushback? Um, so I did, for the most part, I received a lot of positive um, feedback but of course there were a lot of times or instances where I was told be careful what you're doing is not right especially because we started off with an Instagram account from the first day I still have that first post and that was not acceptable to have an Instagram account and showcase different things that we were that well, showcase different things that were happening in a female's in an all-female studio of course we respected everyone's um, confidentiality if people didn't want us if people didn't want to be in videos we wouldn't have them in videos but for us it was really important because how are we going to normalize dance how are we going to show people that dance is beautiful that what we do is fun it's an experience it was through Instagram and that's that's that was our only marketing tool and that's what made move move 
And so through Instagram, we got a lot of people telling us, don't do this, don't do that. We even had a girl, imagine, she used to dance in her abaya. Uh, we used to call her the dancing abaya, and she was a hijabi. She inspired so many hijabi women to come into this our studio and incredible. dance. Incredible. Yeah. Are you serious? Wallah. And I thought that we're, get, we're gonna get a lot of backlash for that. We did not. Nothing. Wow. Nothing. Relax. So that's what kept us going is that most people loved what we do most people found comfort in what we do it helped so many kids it helped we started off as a a studio for women but then they wanted their kids to be part of this so we allowed the kids to come in and we have some incredible stories of girls um doing so much better in school people losing so much weight people going into sports from dancing because dancing was that first step Okay, now I'm being more physically active. For me to dance more, I want to start walking more. And then next thing you know, they started to engage in sports. So we had some incredible life-changing stories. A lot of my trainers were my clients. I helped them, I trained them, and now they're phenomenal trainers. So um, I'm sorry, I forgot your question. (laughs) Did I I completely sidetrack? I'm so sucked into your answer. I forgot my question. (laughs) So yeah, we did to to get back. Advice you're happy you didn't listen to. Yeah, no, listen. I did take that advice and I listened to it in the way that I wanted to. So I, I, I relax. I was very grateful that people were giving me warning signs. Nani, be careful. So that that's what helped me know. Okay, I'm pushing the boundaries, but where where do I draw the line? This is where I draw the line. Okay, take a step back. Okay, this is where I draw the line. So at the beginning, we started off with Afrobeats. Afrobeats is it's a fun dance. It's for everyone. Eventually, we started to offer Bollywood dancing, and then different forms of dance fitness and then belly dancing for example one of the last classes we introduced was belly dancing so we really have to understand where we draw the lines yeah till now we don't advertise for our belly dance because that's a bit risky that's a bit risky yeah yeah (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly exactly so it's and and we have to be very culturally sensitive and of course respectful to the culture absolutely yeah i'm sure you're doing things mindfully and respecting the local cultures and people are you know i'm sure appreciating the fact that you're taking note of that so of course and there's dance in saudi there's saudi dancing and weddings people love dancing they do absolutely and it's amazing i love watching i love saudi weddings mainly because i love watching people dancing so it's just normalizing it exactly you know we, I mean, we go back, we have dancing in our history, culturally, Saudi Arabia. We have the sword dance. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's there. It's not it's like there. something new we're bringing exactly. to the table. Exactly. Do people get it? Do people, do you get any like criticism online? I mean, do, do people get something wrong about like, do you get any people saying, you know, this is haram, you shouldn't do this. And do you pay any attention to it? We rarely get these uh, remarks. Okay. Rarely, rarely, rarely. Nice. Do we pay attention to it? Sometimes. Sometimes we respond back to them because, of course, we want we don't want people to feel offended. That's that defines what we do. Yeah. So we do get back to them, um, and we uh, we try to understand why did we offend them, and yani, uh, we, but actually we try to have a conversation with nice. them. But we rarely ever get these comments. Okay. Yeah. No. If anything, sometimes we get comments. And why didn't you tell us you had this activity? Why mm-hmm. didn't we know of this activity? Mm-hmm. Well. I mean, if you missed our Instagram post, what can we do? But yeah. it's it's mainly like if people are upset, it's because they missed out on an activity or they didn't know that we we're doing this. But that's maybe mm. it. Yeah. Is there someone out there that you've never met that you would like to meet, perhaps like, uh, you know, have a meal with or a cup of coffee with? Is there anyone out there that, um, you know, you uh, you like the opportunity to have a conversation with, pick their brain on something? Michael Jackson. Great answer. You know, these mics that we're speaking into, people think they're new. They're actually from the 80s wow um, uh, thriller the album thriller was recorded on these shores smb5 if i correct if i if i pronounce that correctly smb sm7b shore mics they're actually around from the 80s maybe refined a little bit but thriller was recorded on this amazing um and i can absolutely i would have guessed michael jackson i mean he's the best dancer to you know to ever live 
that guy nobody can move like him you know no matter not just dancer who. artist his songs his songs are so meaningful they still move me till today they're so meaningful yeah earth song yeah. he has i mean his songs were so so important and his dancing and he was such an artist and he's been through a lot of pain in his life he has um and there's a lot of i think there's a lot of misunderstanding uh, misinformation about michael jackson mm-hmm. and so i would yeah if i were to have that choice him, yeah. it would be him definitely let's see if i can play something the way you make a movie oh thriller oh my god One of his best. I never thought I'd be doing this on the Mo Show. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Wow. Until today, huh? 2020. When did that album drop? 1982. A year before I was born. And, you and I was not even born. If you were to put some big speakers out here and jam that, I'm telling you, everyone would get up. I know. And, and start jamming to it. I know. So actually, one of the first flash mobs that happened in Saudi that I know of yeah. um, was Thriller. I did Thriller in Khobar in 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an event uh, led by the Empowerment Hub. And we organized a flash mob. And two years ago, we organized a flash mob at a race in Saudi. Mm. So we did the thriller dance. And it always, always, always makes people happy. Yeah. You can't do the thriller dance and people are not no, happy. No, no, hell no. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Looking back, uh, would, would you have any advice to your younger self? Uh, any regrets? Anything you would have done differently? Advice to my younger self? Be you. Be you. I think this is something my dad always used to tell me. And I'm always grateful for my dad for that is uh, he accepted me in any way that I was, through my craziness, through all my different stages in my life. He never judged me. He would always say, you're beautiful, you're unique. This is, this is why you're going to succeed. So he helped me take that uniqueness in me and authenticity in me to create, to create great things for myself. So I would tell my younger self, be you, be confident. It doesn't matter if people like you or not. It shouldn't matter. It's about whether you like yourself. Be you every single day. Do you, of course, love the people around you, take care of them. But um, you're the driver in your life, not just the driver, the navigator, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah. Be true to yourself. Be yeah. true to yourself, absolutely. I mean, uh, there's nothing quite like, and I'm hearing everything you're saying, and, and uh, I strive to incorporate that in my son's life um, to support him and push him in any area of interest that he wants to go. Absolutely. So your story from your father is inspiring me as well in my uh, journey of fatherhood. He might not want to go down the road I have in mind for him. And you know what? I don't have a road in mind for him. I want to see where his talents are and I want him to exercise his talents. Absolutely. Absolutely. So my dad taught me photography. He taught me dancing. He took me hiking. He used to sit and teach me at school because I just I was all over the place. I had ADHD. Mm -hmm. So math and physics. And I loved animals. I have all these interests. And a lot of times people tell me you're not focused. And I say, no, it's okay not to have one passion. I'm multi, I have multi passions, I have multi purposes. Yeah. And it's because I was open to exploring. There's different things about yourself that you learn with everything that you try. So again, be you. If you're interested in trying this, try it. If you think you're going to be good at this, give it a shot. If not, you learn, you know? So um, you can never go wrong with that. I can't emphasize that. I can't underscore that enough. The importance of trying, getting out there. It might be your new favorite thing. Absolutely. You know? um, Absolutely. On a personal level, like uh, 
three months ago, I was like, let me try podcasting. Amazing. You know, like I'm new to this, but I tried it and I feel like it's my calling now. Not there to speak about it. myself, but just to, to, to add a, a personal element uh, to support your story, that it's true, you know, try something new. It could be the next best thing for you. Absolutely. I would have never thought I'd open a dance studio. Did I open it as a dance studio? No, as a small space from my stepfather's warehouse and his company. So cool. And we had to wait for men to leave the office. It was all over the place. We had electricity cuts. We had issues with the space. I tried. Yeah. I tried. I gave it a try and look at where it got yeah, me to. Where it got you. Everest. I tried. Yeah. You know, if, if, if I were to think, am I going to make it to the summit? Am I going to die? No, take it step by step. Yeah. Do what you have with what yeah. you do what you can with what you with have what today. you have start start exactly yeah, yeah. and um yeah just uh, again be you amazing any last words any fa- favorite quotes words you like to live by um anything you want to close with nelly y- yes uh there is a quote that my father loved and apparently i told him this quote and this is a quote that my dad actually sent me he sent me a voice note when i was on everest and i kept playing over it and it kept it kept repeating in my mind on the way to the summit and again, he thought I told him this quote. I didn't tell him this quote. I found it on his phone after he passed away. He had written it to himself, but I think he just associated that with me. Only those who will risk going too far can possibly find out how far one can go. So. It's incredible. Yeah. You know, you know, quotes like that are ones that you should read every morning and they'll push you to heights that you never thought you'd be able to go to. I exactly, love that. Exactly. Only until you have, what is it? How does it go? Okay. Can you send that to me at the end of that? So only those who will risk going too far, or only those who risk going far, can possibly have found a fi- um, can possibly find out how far one can go. One can go. Yeah. yeah so for you, yeah. exactly, for you to find out how far you can go, yeah. you need to push the limits. Like push what I'm doing right this instance, Absolutely. I would have never imagined if someone told me a month ago that your dad was going to pass away, I would have thought I would be dead. He's my best friend. He's my everything, and I can't believe I'm in Jeddah now in a golf court doing a podcast but this is the strength this god equips you with strength that you never thought you had and you will not know if you have the strength unless you actually take a step unless you go far and you try these are the moments where you realize how strong you are by the way this is god showing you how strong you are again i i i have to emphasize that enough i mean the courage that uh, you have shown uh is an inspiration uh to everyone in coming out here it's uh i i don't know how you do it honestly my dad's energy how can i not there you go there you go. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Uh, truly inspirational chat. You're the first person, second person. Sorry, you are the first person for me to meet for the first time. The first first guest that I meet for the first time as they come in here. Oh, wow. We had no past conversation. <laughs> we spoke for seven minutes before we started rolling. And, and I cried and, to you. And that was it. And, and I cried you, to you. And you cried to me. You broke my heart. Uh, and, then we start, and then we started rolling. Um, so I, I, I love what you do. It's really, it's really cool what you do back in Riyadh. Maybe one day you can open a branch uh, in Jeddah. I think that'll be awesome. Inshallah, um, inshallah. I know. I mean, you know, at, at home, my, my wife enjoys dancing. Uh, cousins, there, there is, you know, there's a nice, you know, dance, da- dancing little community here. I think if you were to open it, you absolutely, you, you'd fill, you'd fill seats. So I used to come and go back and forth, um, and that's our plan to do uh, pop-ups. And actually, in the month of November, I'm working with Nike for a 30-day movement um, program campaign, mm-hmm. and I'm offering dance classes online for free for everyone on Instagram. If I can dance during this period, everyone can dance with yeah. me. So yeah. if you know anyone that likes dancing, let them let them come and join us. Yes, because I need this. St- she'll reach out to you. Definitely. Okay. If Great. you can dance in this period, can everyone just take note of that? If she can dance in this period of extreme hardship, probably the hardest time of her life, then anyone else out there can dance. 
and anyone can move. So join us on Wednesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. on my Instagram, Nali Attar. I go live. I'm dedicating these sessions for my father. It's his favorite song. So come share your energy. Let's do this together. Yes. Thank you so much for Thank taking you. the time. I really appreciate it. And I hope we can get you again sometime soon, inshallah. 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 All right. Thank you, Muhammad. Thanks so much, Nelly. Thank you. Have a good day. Whenever I have a problem, Nelly, my daughter, told me, only those who risk going far can find out how far they can go.